0: I'd like to welcome November to Thank the Festive Podcast. Absolutely, man. This is uh, this is fun. I actually, I almost in my head, I was like, ah, like should I cancel? Cause like I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with everything that's going on. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I have like the time to like, edit everything that's going on right now, or like should I just, you know, just go again? Like, you know, fuck it. Like literally, right when you came in, I was still plugging in my computer. Cause I just got back from California, and I haven't even unpacked anything. And I was like, no, let's make it happen. You know, like I definitely totally. I wanted. It uh to get you and then when i saw you on a lineup we'll talk about this later when i saw you in a certain lineup i was like yeah let's put them on let's put them on absolutely well i
1: appreciate you uh you know taking the time to have me um i myself have a really busy weekend so obviously we have you know some exciting stuff coming up yep. um and then fk the festival and then my lovely girlfriend and i actually move into our new place on monday so she's working right to back now to back. So. yeah she never stops we, we so. love a queen that supports
0: the king you yeah? absolutely <laughs> absolutely she's a she's a breadwinner so yeah no shame. So I actually know him because uh, we have a mutual friend, we went to uh, one of his birthdays, and that's actually I think Belief, that's when we first met, um, and you know, we've hung out ever since then at like shows and stuff, but that's kind of how I know you, um, but for the viewers that I've never met before, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving the quick intro? Absolutely, so my name's Kyle, um, I go by November as my
1: artist moniker. And uh, the mutual friend that he, he had uh, talked about was John from Primal. So John from Primal is my manager. Um, his lovely girlfriend Casey threw him a surprise birthday last year, and that's where I met Manny. Um, and yeah, we stayed in touch and been to shows and seen each other around town ever since. Um, I am a DJ and a producer, so I do both. And I typically make trap and dubstep, are kind of uh, the subgenres that I stick to at least okay. with this project. And then what was like, the name behind like November? Like what's what's the story there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, my birthday's actually in March. No, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> it's in November. So um, yeah, my birthday is in November, um, and the idea that I had, or the reason I started, mm-hmm. you know, with this project, um, I went to EDC two thousand and eighteen. Right before, or 2019, right before Oof, COVID. That was a good year. It was the best year. It was so a good year. <laughs> I saw my favorite artist, who is R.L. Grime, uh-huh. perform at main stage. Yeah. And I was just like, I want to do that. I want to be that guy. Yeah. R.L. Um, Grime, was that guy
0: for you? Yeah, uh-huh. 100%. I love him.
1: He's he's, he's the GOAT. So actually... one time you
0: said that. R.L. Grime, if you wouldn't...
1: <laughs> yeah, he's making it, he's coming out with a new <laughs> album, I think. Um, he just announced it yesterday. But... Um, yeah, so RL Grime was that guy for me, and that show, you know, yeah. EDC 2019 was in November. Yeah. So my birthday's in November. The show that inspired me to start making music was in November, and then um, my branding is around like a scorpion is like my logo. Mm. So um, I don't I don't believe in astrology. I just gotta say that, <laughs> but like everybody that does says I have like all the Scorpio
0: tendencies. So it just kind of worked together, and that's how it came to be. 2019 was a good year. You know, it's when you brought up RL Grime. I'm that kind of guy that, you know, like, like, I used to like water before it was cool. Like, like now, now it's ice. Uh, like, so people say, like, oh, yeah, R.L. Grime. Like, yeah, I knew R.L. Grime when he was Clockwork. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah,
1: so she is, my lovely girlfriend, Lauren, is actually more of a rave OG than me. She saw yeah. R.L. Grime when he was Clockwork at EDC Vegas. Yeah, same. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't get hit till like, 2014, 2015, but I was just, uh, I'd grown up loving, you know, mm. hip-hop and then I heard the EDM trap mm-hmm. sound of the old school, like that,
0: 2014, 2017 yeah. trap sound. And I was just hooked. And like, what does, what like, what kind of, like, influence did you even get into the genre of EDM?
1: Absolutely. So um, my intro to making music, I played an orchestra growing up. Okay. And I wanted to play cello, but I was one of the only kids tall enough to hold mm-hmm. the bass, like the double bass. you yeah. a big instrument. Um, so, I don't know, I've always been attracted to bass or something like yeah. that. I just love the low frequency, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I heard, I think, probably my intro to dubstep, was many other American kids, was like, Skrillex, like, oh, scary monsters and nice sprints, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, um, pretty know, pretty typical there, but, you know what I mean? That was kind of like my first exposure to anything that sounded that radical, mm-hmm. and
0: I just, I loved it. It took to my ear. Yeah, I think everybody's, like, first impression of, like, EDM was like, Skrillex. I think, honestly, it's kind of like mine too, like, you just constantly hearing, like, the Skrillex dubstep thing, um, you know, when Skrillex was first, like, releasing some, like, really big songs all at once, everybody heard about it, right, and everyone's was like, what is this dubstep thing, you know? Yeah. That wasn't technically, like, my intro to EDM, mine was actually, like, David Guetta. Oh, okay. David Guetta, Swedish House Mafia.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, I had some exposure to, like, Avicii, Tiesto, Martin Garrix, I'd say, before, like, the dubstep and trap sound, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the the progressive house and house sound, but, yeah, I mean, like, that was the first time I had ever heard anything, like, that radical, you know? It sounded like modern dubstep, Mm -hmm. and so I try to make something like today's iteration of that and hip-hop
0: blended together. When you were first, like, making or DJing and stuff like that, um, what route did you take? Are you one of those people that, like, Taught himself how to DJ first or produce first? So, I think most artists are probably
1: um, DJ first yeah, and then they produce. I'm the, I'm the opposite. Okay. So, I went to EDC and i never, you know, I played music um, on instruments, but mm-hmm. I'd never written anything through a computer. So, I went to EDC and um, I had the idea, like, oh, I want to do this. And I had just started working at Apple at the time. So, I got, um, I saved up, got a MacBook. And then we got Logic for free because mm-hmm. it's an Apple software and we're Apple employees. Oh, I was so... going to say, you torrented it like me. <laughs> <laughs> so Logic, for you guys who don't know, is like GarageBand on steroids. I'm sure everybody's played with GarageBand. Logic is just the upgraded version of that. But it's a very atypical software mm-hmm. for producers to use. So I started producing on Logic. I had some pretty good friends, um, DJ Kujo and Nick Robison, um, that taught me just how to make, you know, the intro to Dubstep and Rad Beats and just, like, use the software. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, so I started started producing. And I did that for about a year, and I got to the point where I thought I was like, all right, I'm getting better at this. Mm. And like in retrospect, I was still really shitty. Um, but uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like, if I ever want to play a show, now yeah, I have to learn how to perform this live. So then I bought a controller about a year later okay. and started
0: DJing. I mean, investing is such a like it's it's such a scary part though. Like, like don't invest in the wrong things because like you know I personally have invested so many wrong things. Like uh, for instance. On that corner right there is an interview microphone that cost me three hundred and fifty dollars. But before that one, I invested in hundred and fifty dollar microphones that are shit. Yeah. And I'm like, damn man. For like, you know, at this point, now we know like sometimes you have to like put more money into the things that matter because like it's better to buy one good thing than a bunch of small cheap shit. Absolutely. And to take it outside of EDM, like okay, if you go spend
1: eighty dollars on a Nike backpack. Mm-hmm. in three years that backpack is worthless you know what I'm saying you can just start in the garbage mm-hmm. but if you spend $250 on like a nice leather coach backpack mm-hmm. in three years you can resell it for 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's like good things are uh, sometimes things yeah. are high priced because they hold their value too and um but as it relates to music please do not spend money on more than you need when you start DJing you need a DJ 400 mm-hmm. that you I, I don't even think they make it anymore now they've Pioneers kind of changed the stuff,
0: you, but... You know, like, uh, I had somebody on the uh, on the podcast, uh, I think like about a year ago, he learned by just going to uh, the guitar store, the, what do you call it? Called, the, uh, guitar guitar center. center. Yeah, that's where he learned. He didn't, He never once bought anything. He just went and rented it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm
1: would. i I'm the type of person I would like to own something, yeah. second so practice at home. So, like, True. but hey, you know, um, necessity is the mother of creation, as <laughs> oh, I say, yeah. for, in regards to that guy. But, um, yeah, I mean... I Buy the cheapest mixer money can afford I'm gonna recommend the DDJ because it's a pioneer product mm-hmm. for those of you guys who don't know Pretty much any time you go play in a club setting or at a music festival you are gonna be playing on a pioneer CDJ and because it's a pioneer CDJ it is inevitably going to have pioneer Record box as a software on that. So mm-hmm. if you want to practice how you play, yeah, the best thing you can do is buy a, a, a DDJ or a controller for your house That's gonna run record box
0: Okay, so take us down your, your road, right? Your road to where you're at this point now, right? Um, you started you know, mixing, mixing around, you started making music. How did you get giggled? What was your first gig? Oh man, so this like, is a- uh, who, gi- who gave you a shot? This is hilarious, <laughs> this is
1: hilarious. So um, my first show I played was in a warehouse with no audience it was it was recorded because it was during COVID. Uh-huh. i had been djing for eight months only on the dj 400 and it was like just this thing where they're inviting people to come yeah. play and they would record you for a live stream and you would get all the content um, at the time i was living in dayton ohio and i had to drive to winston-salem north carolina so i get my happy ass up at like six in the morning
0: Oh, you wow, know, you traveled for first yeah. gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Drive to this warehouse. It's just this production crew of, uh-huh. like, 20 people. And my best friend who wrote it with me, thank God for him, and then yeah. myself, plug into the, the CDJs. Absolutely shitting my pants. Like, no amount of YouTube videos could have prepared me for this now. Um, and play, like, the worst set of all time. Yeah, Like, it was terrible. <laughs> but, like, the beautiful thing about it is that it can't possibly get worse than that, right? And then... Um, the first show I ever played in front of people was um, December 28th, 2021. Yeah. So, kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, John, who we mentioned earlier. So, John had thrown an endless summer night show in Indianapolis. Uh, my friend Stephanie at Send Me Superior on Instagram um, is a poi spinner, and John knew her from when he was Primal poi before he was Primal Production. Yeah, he's pretty good at poi. He's really good at poi. Uh, <laughs> shouts out to the band. So,. Um, she took me to an ESN show in Indy and introduced me to John when I still live in Ohio and I was interviewing for a job in Orlando at the time. Mm. So he was like, hey, if you move down to Orlando, hit me up. So I just, like, stayed in this motherfucker's DMs like a thirsty guy, you know? (laughs) Like, just relentless. I went to, like, three or four of his shows and somehow never saw him eat his big ass at these shows. Yeah, Like, he managed to avoid me the entire night. And then finally he was like, hey, dude, just, like, come meet me at my apartment, and I'll take you to the show with me. So that was like kind of my intro to John, and still after that, I just stayed persistent. And then um, eventually, it gets to the point where John and I are together on Christmas alone. <laughs> and uh, he's like, hey, man, so do you want to be a Primal? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cool. And then three days later, it's December 28th, I'm playing golf. And he's like, hey, man, you have a show in six hours. So that was my first show in front of people. Yeah. And that one went really well. So that was my first, my first show ever,
0: first show in front of people and kind of like the I, I love hearing these stories, man, where like somebody gives you a shot because you just need that one opportunity, man. That one chance to just get your feet wet, you know, to really just show the world that you're like, you're ready to really play in front of people.
1: Absolutely. No, 100%. And like... Even still from, like, even though my first show in front of people Mm. I felt went well, from then to now, I still feel an immense progression Mm. of, like, my skills as a performer. Um, I was an athlete, you know, growing up, and, like, playing sports in front of people is one thing, but, like, when you're standing on stage alone, and there's 200 people looking at you, or 2,000 people, or X not, if it's two people, it's still different, because although DJing looks easy, if you push the wrong button, all the music stops, You know what I mean? And so I think everybody's tendency when they first start DJing is just, like, get focused on this. (laughs) Like, you just, you don't look up. You know, I did,
0: I did notice, I do notice that when it's, uh, like, people who aren't really used to, like, playing in front of a big crowd, their heads are down, they're just focused on the buttons. And, but, you know, what I've realized is, like, more experienced DJs, they start dancing, they know when to dance, they know when to look around, and, you know. And it's like, that just comes with experience. A hundred percent.
1: And like, um, this is probably going to be like the least cool thing that I ever admit on a podcast DJ DJs do, but like, I got to practice my movements at home. Yeah. Like I look in the mirror and I like, you know, kind of see how I want to bounce and you know, like you're considering that and like, you know, you know, I practice my sets, not a hundred, I don't have everything a hundred percent laid out, but like I, you know, freestyle at home and it's like, okay, well, when can I move? When do I have to be paying attention to this mm. to mix? and. You know ideally you want to have your eyes on the crowd and be moving with them as much as you possibly can while still mixing clean yeah you know and that's something that I really struggled with at first
0: I mean people really love like a, an engaging DJ 100% you know what I mean like if I'm i down there seeing a DJ and he's just like looking at his deck I'm just gonna like I'm like ah, I, I,
1: I like the vibes are off already yeah and look man like I'm I sorry to all my dubstep DJs out there, but like doubles are cool, but like the only people that know you're doing doubles are the DJs. Yeah. The people in the crowd would rather have you look at them and play like a smooth transition than like look down and do like a crazy double because like they don't really know the difference. I
0: don't know the difference. You you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Unless unless you know the original song and the song it's being
0: doubled with, then like you don't. So. Do you ever look back and think about like when you first were like getting involved in this industry, and then where you are now, and just be like, damn, man, like, it's been a long road. Yeah, man, I mean, it's
1: it's easy to get deterred in this, you know, because, like, it can, like, some people never get their shot, you know, and, like, I just, uh, but I think, I'm of the firm opinion that, like, if you stay, like, consistent, if you do anything consistently, and you try your hardest, and you never give up, eventually, you'll
0: be presented with an opportunity, you know, or at least you have to believe that, right? Like, otherwise, what's the point? I've gotten so many opportunities, man, and there are times in my life throughout this, like, career that I've chosen, where I just wanna give up. I wanna give up, and then, like, when I hear DJs say the same thing, I'm just like, man, that resonates so much, because I know the struggle, obviously, there are different struggles, um, but, like, DJs who haven't had a shot, and they've been, like, literally, like, grinding for years, I'm just like, Damn it, one day it's going to come, I promise. For sure, man. But you do have to put yourself out there. I
1: believe that the best music producer on earth is probably a 50-year-old guy that none of us have ever heard of, because he's never posted his music, Mm. right? But he's just, like, been working in FL Studios since the day it came out, and he's probably, like, a god. You know what I mean? But, like, you know, there is that element to it where, like, you're only going to get a shot as much as you, like, allow yourself to
0: be rejected. You also have to use every resource available to you, and that's what kind of pushes a lot of people to start winning. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I forgot what DJ said it, but like, oh, it's DUD. So he was talking about like, oh wow, they want us to be comedy creators now too, right? I mean, as much as that sucks, it's true because 100%. that is now a resource available to other DJs. So if you don't utilize it, you're gonna left. You're gonna get left behind. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of these DJs like. The music can speak for itself, you know what I mean. But I mean, even Grizz isn't so high and mighty that he doesn't post on TikTok. Exactly, man. I mean, um,
1: so I, a little bit about me. Yeah. I got a bachelor's in marketing, so like yeah. that's something I think I do well is like manage my oh, you know, my, to the choir. My, my content, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I just uh, like I think that it's a, you know you can't overstate the importance of yeah. socia- or I'm sorry, understate the importance of social media. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that you should make TikTok like the world lives on short form video content Mm -hmm. right now. Like YouTube has reels now. People didn't know that. You have Snapchat, which has been around forever. You have Instagram reels, TikTok, your Instagram reels, share to Facebook. Um, I mean, shit, You can post videos on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Like no way. <laughs> yeah, like the short, the short form and the live video content is just king. So like, if you're not putting mm-hmm. yourself there, you're definitely missing a
0: market. You know, people say that like, oh, I'm, I just don't want to be an influencer, but no, it's honestly marketing yourself. You're marketing who you are in different formats, in different ways, and people just take it the wrong way. Like oh, I'm not an influencer. I, I'm here to DJ. Yeah, but no one's going to know about your shows unless you're advertising yourself. It's just another way of advertising, and it's free. 100%, man.
1: Like, yeah, and it's, I think, the hardest thing ever, just, like, dancing in front of people. Mm-hmm. And what I think is harder is dancing in front of a camera. You know, when there's nobody to share the energy with. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to talk to a camera for me. I know some people are great at just, like, one-on-one, you
0: know, they can just hold a camera. No, oh, don't get me. The, but I can't. It I, took me a year Dude, you to talk to the camera. Yeah. And even and even after that one year, I thought I had it and then I go to the airport and I'm like, oh I'm gonna start the vlog and I got so embarrassed, I was like, Maybe not today. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not the- People people want to, like, you know,
1: shit on social influencers or whatever. Like, oh, influencers in the wild. But, like, dude, you pull your camera out and start trying to talk to it in public and, like, with a group of people around that you know are going to look at you and, like, tell me it's easy. Yeah, and, like, no way. tell me it's easy. easy. You know, some people have no shame, I guess. But yeah, more I, power to them. Like,
0: that's a superpower, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> like, honestly, like, because, I, like, I, like, I get so embarrassed sometimes. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm this, like, Super famous dude, like you know, when people like vlog, like he, like oh wow, like he was be like a YouTuber, in which I am, but I'm not like at that caliber to the point where like I should, you know, like I don't think I'm like feeling so cocky and I'm like oh yeah, hey, like one million followers, one million views, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like that, but like I have to have the confidence as if I did. Exactly.
1: No, hundred percent. Nobody's gonna believe in you, but you, man.
0: Like, that's the sad reality of it.
1: And it's like, if you have a job that you hate or, like, you're not where you want to be in music, like, nobody else is going to get you that booking. Like, you got to go, you got to go get it. Or at least, like, find like-minded people Mm -hmm. that are willing to help. And uh, something I want to mention, man, I think a lot of artists overlook in regards to marketing Mm -hmm. is, like, what value they provide. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm aware that I'm not selling out shows with my own name, but something that I do is, like, web development. So, I ma- I built and I manage the Primal website, which mm-hmm. we do all of our ticket sales yeah. through for all of our events. Um, you know, and that's a way that I can contribute value to John, who, like, that's the shows. Oh, so, good point. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, and it's like, if you are not the headliner selling tickets, what is another way that you can provide value to the promoter? You can, you can promote the show with them. You know, you can co-promote. Yeah. Um, You know, if you have your own large following, like, you can use that. If you you know if you have a big following on Twitch, you can do stuff with that. But it's all just about like how you can provide value to someone
0: else. People are always looking for value. Hey, why don't you put me on the show? Why don't you put me on the show? Why don't you put me on the show? Like, how are you providing value? Yes, exactly. Uh, It's like, and also, what separates you from everybody else in the same range of like caliber as you? Um, You're both not selling shows, but he's at least like doing all of the staff shirts for the for the club. Exactly. You know, like, like, and that's like what bring me back to like the way I do my meetups when I do meet and greets and that kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, I, you know, I, I do the radiate meet, meet and greets and community meetups and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they, they've they gone other ways as well where, like, they uh, they get another person to do, like, a meetup and stuff like that. But it's a different meetup than when I do it. When I do it, there's, like, gifts. I come with, like, three double bags worth of gifts and throwing shirts that I handmade myself. I spent hours making. You know, I buy all this stuff. I, I hand out everything. I'm a vlogger. So now I'm vlogging all of the Radiate stories. I'm, like, getting it. I have a group of friends. I have a Polaroid camera. One, somebody's taking all the Polaroid pictures of everybody. Somebody, we have a professional photographer taking all the pictures of everybody. Like, I make these meetups an hour-long adventure. And it's like, oh, well, let's, you know, uh, if they go and try somebody else, it's just going to be a dull little meet and read. And it's going to be simple, no cameras. And it's like, what do you – What do you really want to provide to the community, right? And I feel like if you're going to compare people to the same, like, range, like, you got to start looking at the differences, even if they're so small. A hundred percent. And, I mean, um, I told
1: you in my my career I'm a recruiter, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's the same thing. When you look at a candidate for a job, Mm -hmm. if they have three to five years of experience, like, okay, well, this guy can speak Spanish. He's going to be able to talk to more of our customers. So it's like, what does this artist have that this artist doesn't have? Does this artist, like, have... You know a million monthly streams on spotify if they're legit like does this person have you know what i'm saying can this person build websites can this person like actually go to a college campus locally because they're a student and sell a shitload of tickets at a house party you know everybody has their
0: unique selling proposal but you have to highlight that to the decision maker like yeah it's like oh, okay two same artists but one of them's on tiktok and one of them's killing it on tiktok yeah, exactly. Now you got the 18 to 24 range, you could probably be getting
1: tickets for. Yeah, or it's like, okay, you know, if, um, like, let's just say, you know, you're a local promoter in your area. How many shows have you bought a ticket of theirs to just go? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, like, I've been to a lot of shows around Orlando where I've paid for the ticket and then gone and tried to talk to the promoter. I don't hit the promoter up and ask for a free ticket or ask to be booked. Mm. I provide value to them by going and supporting their show three or four times. And they, they see my face. They know who I am. And then eventually, oh, man, we need somebody to fill the spot. Get the message in the DM. Like, that's, yeah. what, it, you know, that's what it's all about, man. And that's, um,
0: people work with
1: who they like. You know, yeah. you're the greatest artist in the world, but, like, if you're not well-liked, you're probably not going to get booked.
0: You know, and in all, in all honesty, people book nice people. Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. If you're just a good person, mm-hmm. you're, you're most likely going to be a good image and, and, and you know, good first impression, too. Um, and that's... I mean, I I don't know how I get all the opportunities that I get as well, but I what I do know is that I always offer free support first exactly and then charge later exactly exactly you offer value and value is followed by money not yeah. the other way around yeah so like a lot of things that i do is like um you know the brands that i work with they're like oh hey let, let us pay you this and like no it's on the house man i promise like i just i love what you guys because i do the same thing the way i i look at like the brands and the companies that i work for is do they have similar values as me Do they love the community, or what they're doing? Like, like, are they money hungry, or are they really just trying to like better the community, better the music, better artists? Um, Like, I'm working right now with Odyssey Music Festival, um, and I'm kind of like helping throw a big part of that festival. Yeah. And you know, um, the guy who runs the the thing, like, he has same similar values as me. And I just, I'm like, dude, like, I'm gonna get along with this guy because I love what he does and what he stands for. And he told me the exact same thing. Like, whoa, we're like, we're like on par. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to literally give a platform to deep, like underrated DJs. So he's giving them a a chance to play at a music festival. So the lineups are actually more like local base and more like, but it's, it's, it's really nice what he's actually trying to do. And it's like, I'm like, I'm about that. I love that. I love it too, man.
1: And um, yeah, like it's all about finding people that are in it for the love of the music. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that like, I mean, I work a, a nine to five corporate. So when yeah. you see me at these shows around town at one a.m. on a Thursday, like I'm not I'm sitting. There, I'm not sitting there like same stuff I'm, work. <laughs> I'm not sitting there like all messed up. you yeah. know, when I got a job report to at nine a.m. It's because I love it, and like I can tell you right now, if you're an artist getting into this shit because you dream of being a millionaire, you're not doing it for the right, right reason. And because I have spent thousands more dollars. Producing that I have, um, you know, made money on bookings. Like, if you want to make money DJing, go be a wedding DJ. Yeah. Don't get an EDM.
0: That's where the money is. is to go I DJ do. I do love hearing when I ask somebody like, "Hey, what do you do for like a living? Like, do you have the, like a side job?" And when I hear, "No, this is what I do," good for you, man. Good for you because I personally need a job. Because <laughs> uh, well, although I did take like I feel like eight months. EDM was paying all the bills. right? I yeah. found a way, I hacked the code, I got it, right? Um, but then I ran into like the festival break and I was like, oh shoot, no money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, ideally in a perfect world,
1: I would love for EDM to be my full-time career yeah. day. Right now it's just not sustainable that way. Hopefully one day it will be. But, um, you know, I find time to put the hours in. Like I'll mm-hmm. say, you know, I work on music. And it doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm in the studio producing, but, like, I'm, I'm listening to music all day when I'm at work to try mm. and find new songs that I like to play in my sets. As soon as I get off work, like, I have, I still take lessons. Mm.
0: I want to put that out there. Like, you're never too good to take a music mm. lesson. Do, um, you, do you take lessons, like, virtually or with an actual, like, DJ or do you, or mm. somebody here local?
1: Um, somebody here local. I'm not going to reveal my sources. Um, Got to keep that one close <laughs> to the pocket. But, uh, now that being said, man, like, I have done virtually, and virtual's great. I find that I got more value out of the in-person lessons okay. because there's a lot of troubleshooting that comes with working on virtually, like, trying to work within a DAW over Zoom mm, and have yeah. the audio come through properly, and then, like, okay, well, we're at, you know, I'm paying you for two hours, and we're at 30, yeah, exactly. 30 minutes wasted because of this, like, technical issue, so it's just, like, I'd rather drive to someone's house
0: work and
1: then drive
0: home yeah because I, mean, I, I have a lot of friends that do like the whole virtual thing and I'm like really like I'm curious as to how much they're actually uh, absorbing yeah I mean I I work remotely right
1: so I gotta believe that it can be done virtually but mm-hmm. I've just found that <laughs> for my purposes it's best to be done in person um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm, I'm pretty good at software so, I got into video editing before uh-huh. music, and I think that the two are very similar, like, much more similar than people give it credit for, so... Honestly, everything's interconnected. Yeah, but, like, video especially, you're mm. taking different layers and effects, and you're stacking things, and it's, like, timing, and there's an audio element when you're working with video, and the way that, like, everything is tracked out is very similar to, in, like, plugins, it's all super yeah. connected to how a doll works, so I started with that, and I worked at Apple, so you can probably guess I'm like a tech nerd, so I understand the software, but I needed help in like the music theory department, so mm-hmm. like, I'm working with somebody on like piano, and actually like writing music, mm-hmm. and learning how to compose original melodies
0: right now, is kind of the focus of my lessons. Okay, cool, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, because now I'm kind of curious, It's like, what are your like future goals, would you have like a five year plan on where you plan to be, and how to get there? Absolutely, so, um, every, every
1: six months i go over a plan with john and we, we go over goals and so my goals for this year or two release on a major record label mm. uh, play direct support for um, a larger like regional artist which okay. i accomplished with heckler and the show that we have to talk about still <laughs> um and then um yeah my, i released a song called diablo on festival trap this year with 4d who i'm going back to back with um so, and then I have a release on Hybrid Trap, a remix of a song my friend Slow Mo coming out later this year. So, check those two goals. And then my, my third major goal um, is to play EDC Orlando. Okay. So, if I can make that happen, then that's I'll call it very, a successful year. That's doable.
0: Yeah, I'd like to think so. so. I mean... So, like, people have done it, you know? And, and I, think, I think what's crazy about EDC Orlando, man, is, like, it is a local event for us. So, like, it's... A part of it, it is like you know talent, but the other part is like who you know. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. at, at least in the local aspect of things. Unfortunately, everything
1: is like that. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's always about partially about who you know and how talented you are. Mm-hmm. But that's why you got to be good at both. Yeah. You know. Um, you got to so, go to network. Honestly, so, someone told me that there there are three aspects of being an artist. There's your music first and foremost. There's your branding, and there's your network. You got to do two really well. Pick two. You know? <laughs> if your music is great and your network is great, then your brand can be substandard. If your brand is great and your network is great, then your music can be substandard. Yeah. But like, you can't. You gotta
0: do two. So. Yeah, you know, and you're right. And and you know, when people see you, right, and you only get two out of the three, someone's gonna be like, "Let me help him." Yeah. Because he's only missing
1: one. Exactly, for sure. And you know, if you have the network piece especially, then you probably
0: have somebody that knows how to make it happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and, and, and and I. I'm very similar in that aspect but like I don't contribute to like the music but more like the content creator world when I see there's like a new content creator out in the world I'm like hey man like if you ever need like any tips and stuff like that so like I actually do a lot of mentoring for like content creators and we like YouTubers and podcasters and stuff like that. People who want to like pick my brain and stuff like I I sit down for like an hour. I don't charge anything. It's just like hey let's let's improve let's improve who you are as a person. And let's improve who you are as a content creator. Let's see what you're, what you're doing wrong, and how we can better. I don't think I'm the bee's knees. I don't think that I've accomplished really like what I wanted to do. But I think I know, I, I know a little bit. and All yeah. I'm just trying to do is just pass on that knowledge.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, I have been DJing myself for three years. Or no, I'm yeah. sorry, two, little over two years, mm-hmm. and I've been producing for a little over three. So I'm not the best DJ in the world, and I'm not the best producer in the world. Yeah. Very self-admissive of that, you know. Do I think I can put on a good show, and do I think my music is good? Yes. Yeah. You know, but I can. There's definitely a lot of room to improve, you know, and I can get better at every aspect of being mm-hmm. an artist. And um, thankfully, I have some really good friends in this that have, um, you know, helped me network. And like, for example, um, probably my best friend in music is Forty from Philly. So, Forty and I connected on Instagram, mm. messaged each other just mutually back and forth, like, oh man, I like your music, I like yours. Since then, he came to EDC Orlando last, uh, last year and two years ago. We hung out in person. I've been to Philly. Um, he introduced me to Computa, mm. who played at the Vanguard. So, Computa came and stayed at my house. I took him to the show at the Vanguard. I got backstage at the Vanguard. And now, Computa's kind of like a mentor to me as someone
0: who's been doing I it I've never years. been backstage at the Vanguard Oh really? Yeah. It was What's the it like with it? Um Bro, it was so cool.
1: <laughs> no, it was it was dope. So shouts out computer. But um yeah man, so you know, you just gotta you just have to be open minded and like people that I've met on the internet have supported my journey in music and helped me get connected more than my best friends in real life. Yeah. You know, not to say I don't love my best friends in real life, but um you know, it's a different journey for sure. Like, yeah. not everyone's going to support you on it. It doesn't make sense to everybody.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you have a 10-year plan? Do you, like a, do you have, like, a... I guess, what's the end goal for you? Uh, t- world domination. <laughs> so, no, but,
1: you know, my end goal in music would be for music to be a sustainable income to where I can okay. just do that and tour the world... I would love to own a record label and be like kind of a curator in that way. You know, kind of take the path of R.L. Grime. Like, he's okay. done the Sable Valley, you know, and I just love that. And uh, his Halloween show,
0: is just amazing. So I got to go see him personally yeah. myself. On it's, it's good to know, like, where your end goal lies. Because I have a very similar end goal where I want EDM to be also sustainable for me to where I can just go to music festivals and teach and do things and talk and interview and make that my lifestyle. I love this so much, you know, and, and I think if people understand how much I love the community, I mean, I wouldn't be doing, you know, 15 meetups every year at music festivals. If I didn't really love the the community, I mean, that's an hour out of my day I do to give out free stuff.
1: Absolutely, man. Nobody in EDM, um, Nobody in EDM, I think, or at least I hope, I mean, maybe there's somebody somewhere that, like, just <laughs> fell into being a dub set producer that actually hates their life and they don't know what to do, but, like, it's gotta be for the love of a man, because I spend so many hours just hunched over, like, a shrimp uh-huh. in front of my computer, just, like, working on music, you know what I mean, just for, like, that one hour of yeah. getting up on stage to play in front of people, like, it's insane the amount of work that goes into every finished song you hear. Yeah. Like, I wish people had more respect for that. Even when I hear a song, I'm like, oh, it kind of sucks. You know, like, as an artist, you have that perspective. Like, how much effort went into it, even if it's not your cup of tea. Yep. And, like, I have tremendous respect for anybody that just, like, puts himself out there and tries the shit. Because it's, it's hard. It's yeah. really
0: hard. I also believe in, like, speaking your your mind and your truth, right? So, like, if, if it's really shitty, you should probably, like... <laughs> Say something <laughs> Hey. This sucks. <laughs> Man, like, I go back and I listen but to But be constructive, though. Like, obviously, I'm joking, but like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, hey, like, you can only critique what you know to be true, though. Mm. Like, the people that I first yeah. started working on music with, like, didn't really understand mixing and mastering. So they didn't know to tell me that my mixing and mastering sucks. <laughs> now I gotta play the songs I first released and I have to crank that bitch up like five <laughs> decibels because it's so much quieter than yeah. the songs that I make now. But like, you know, you gotta start somewhere too. Like, you, you just have to not be afraid to put something out that's mm. bad. Like, you're going to be shitty at first. Like, when you start trying
0: to do something new, you are going to be bad at it. Uh, I I agree and disagree. Um, only because I think that if you're gonna put something that's that's bad out there, it should be bad to the public, but not bad to you. You should still oh, love course, your work. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. If no, it's definitely... shitty, it's shitty because that's. But you should still at least love your work.
1: No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, my first songs, like, you can go back and listen to them right now, like, um, Massive and Crunk, two of my songs. They're great ideas, but they're quiet. Like, if yeah. you play, like, "Excision" song and then you play that song, you'll have to turn it up on your radio to hear it at, like, full mm-hmm. volume because, like, I didn't understand what a mixdown was. But, like, it's, it doesn't make yeah.
0: it a bad song, but that element of, like, the mixdown is poor, you what, know? what gets me through some of the content that I make, some of the YouTube videos that I make, is uh, is I always think back on like why I why I do the things that I do, and I do it for myself actually. I don't like for you right. If I was a DJ, I'd be like I don't make music for the public. I make music because I want to hear this motherfucking song every day when I shower. That's why I'm doing it. As so long as I like it, I don't give a damn if like it only gets one view every day. And that's me in the shower. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I uh, I always
1: think to myself about a scenario, like, what would I do if I went and I played a show where mm. nobody was rocking with my shit? You know, like, I got on stage and I pushed play and, like, I don't know, they booked me for, like, opening for, like, a house artist and I just started dropping trap and everyone's looking at me, like,
0: Well, I think for know? that, that you gotta actually be careful with that because that could ruin your entire career. <laughs> yeah, but no, for sure, but, like... Your local career.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. But my answer is that, like, I'm still going to play the music that mm. I love and I'm still gonna dance and I'm gonna have a good yeah. time. Like bro, I have a good time DJing in my studio with myself and my two dogs. Like I'll look like a fool, yeah. I don't care because like I enjoy doing it and I'm playing the music that I wanna hear. Yeah. But like, the reason that I make music, Yeah. I guess like I look back on that first EDC 2019. Mm. I don't know if there'll ever be a
0: better night of
1: music for me in my life. Like, year, year. Yeah, I mean. 2019
0: was phenomenal. I have a <sighs> I I have YouTube videos about home base and EDC Orlando. Check him out on YouTube. <laughs> Quick plug. Yeah, it was like...
1: Is it R.L. Grime, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, R.L. Grime, Alice in Wonderland, Diplo on main stage to close out. I just sat there for three hours in the same spot. like. <laughs> but, man, I mean... Um, you know, that is just like a night that I will never forget. Mm. And I hope that someday I can put on an hour set that is that meaningful mm-hmm. to someone else. You know, I can do that for somebody else while R.L. Dude, Grime honestly,
0: one day it will be... Um, I was... Uh, so. Going back to, I think like last week or two weeks ago, I was listening to a Taboo set over at Sunset, and Taboo's never hit me I the way it. the way it hits me, but it hit me this time I was like, whoa. That was really good. That set this was really set good. was so good, and I've never felt that way about him. You know, and he probably one time said the same thing you are saying, like, oh, hope one day, like, when my sets like mean something to something. Dude, that, I literally like, I haven't stopped talking about his set, dude. That, 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 so got,
1: off <laughs> that got off stage and said, Thank you guys. This is thank you, Lost Lands. My name's Excision. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest shit I've ever seen cool. in my life, dude. Oh my God! Yeah, no, that Taboo set at SMF was really good. Um, I I just got a ticket like day of. I didn't mm. plan on going there, and I went. And I was like, this is some good shit. Like, shouts out Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, was, I need to that was fire. Anymore. I mean. Smoke it, Land too, man. Yeah. The smoke, were you at the Smoke Land?
0: No. <laughs> no, okay, all right, no, no hate, no hate, but hey, check out Smokeland. I don't know why. No, I know. I, okay. I've heard the music. I just, I just don't even know where I was at that time.
1: Yeah, I've heard their. I heard
0: some of their music, and then I saw that set, and I was like, oh, I need to listen yeah. more. Like I was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm introducing the uh, the U. S. festival scene to a lot of international people, and they were for the most part trying to be in like the main stage area and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I, I, I tend to kind of just like, you know guide my ducklings versus like me like trying to enjoy a set because i've seen probably all of these artists multiple times not don't get me wrong maybe there's going to be another taboo set where i'm like, whoa that surprised me that's yeah. taboo surprising i've seen like seven taboo sets yeah no for sure i mean you never know what you're going to get with any artist yeah know? every
1: artist just like a uh, you know basketball player like lebron can go out and score 10 or even I mean, score 50 in like career you yeah. know? i mean and every artist is capable of doing the same thing um, so you never know what you're gonna get, and you know you never know what they have cooking. Like I don't imagine that I can mm-hmm. ever see like a bad R.L. Grimes set. You know what I mean? But like the EDC 2018 set to me definitely stood out, like um above the mm-hmm. others that I've seen of his too. So um, yeah, it's it's always worth going to see an artist again, even if you
0: think that you know what they have I to know. offer. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I, I but like I find more, and that's like the thing about me is like I love the community more and people. More than I probably do the music itself. Absolutely, um, and that's kind of why I'm so drawn to these community things. Um, so that's where like, eh, I can miss a few sets, and as long as like I see the people that I'm with happy, I'm like, eh, I'd be happy. Yeah, you no, know? for sure. I uh, now that I'm in a relationship, like I always stick with
1: my group, and you know I really don't care. Like I mean, yeah. I do. I go to probably 30 shows a year. You know, so it's like, all right, wherever yeah, you guys. Yeah, you want probably to go. want your girlfriend to be happy. So whatever she wants to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> but like before, before we were dating, I would just like set a time, I was like, alright, I'm going to meet back up with you guys here at this time. And Mm -hmm. I would just go off on my own. Yeah, I loved exploring
0: a music festival on my own. I love it. Um, And you know and I still do that for festivals I haven't been to yet. Yeah. But... You got to put a mask on because you're famous now. (laughs) You I I I, I go to 18 to 25 festivals a year. So, like, very, very small amount of festivals that I really wander around in when I... I most of them. Yeah. Um. I mean, Electric Forest. I'll definitely be doing that if I go to Electric Forest, because I think that's one of the only ones I haven't been to yet. And Tomorrowland. If I do Tomorrowland, I'm probably gonna wander.
1: Okay. Yeah. So of like, course, you know, I would
0: love to do Tomorrowland in Belgium
1: sometime. That's like the dream. Yeah. To I don't even care to play. I just want to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: of course, playing it would be awesome. But I just want to go. Yeah, i love to play too. <laughs> I always have this dream of like stealing my friends' USBs and then like. Being, like, like, having somebody, like, hey, is, can anybody play? And, like, not at a real festival. Like, I gotta show I mean. And, you're like, yeah, i got a USB. And then just pretend you know what I'm doing. Like, it's like it's XOXO, except
1: you're not even a DJ and all, You just <laughs> pull up at the USB, like, it's me. And then I start vlogging myself. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to do my first set of my life. I'll tell you what. If I play my EDC set this year, you can come up
0: with me. So you can just, like, have that moment. Like, you vlog it. So Can I... Pretend I have an actual usable USB? I'm like Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Like, I'll let you, <laughs> no, I mean, I'll let you
1: I'll, like, get the song loaded up and you can just push play and you'll have that sense of satisfaction. like I play the song. Okay, EDC. hold on.
0: I got a better idea. Okay, so you have an EDC Orlando set, right? And I want you to go, hey, I want to do a back to back. Does anybody here have a USB? <laughs> and then I'm going to, like, I'm going to do that, and then you're going to put, you, that guy, bring him up here. And then like we'll pretend like like it's not planned or whatever. Pascal would be like, get this motherfucker off the <laughs> table now. Nah, he,
1: he'd be cool about it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I imagine Pascal was a cool guy, I don't know. He's like God to me. He's been kinda. so nice to me. Oh, you've talked to him? Like four times. Oh, he's just
0: kind of like, I know he exists, but not really. I know he's kind of <laughs> like, uh, like North Dakota. The first like. time I met him, um, I don't think I've ever geeked out on anyone. I don't, I don't fanboy, like, even big artists and stuff like that, I don't fanboy like that, but for some reason, I fanboyed so hard, I'm like, whoa, I've never been like that before. I mean, he, like, created the world that we love so much, you know, like, but if I ever,
1: if I ever met Oral yeah. Grime, I would probably pass out, like, I don't think my brain could just handle the
0: experience of just like, short circuit. And... Yeah, and it's funny, because, like, people thought, uh, my, my friend, like, he he's lo- huge Heckler fan. You know, so, like, that day when, you know, uh, you were there, uh, I took Heckler to Disney. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you know, like, and I, I used my buddy to, him, uh, to to go with him, because he's the one that has, like, the passes. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm with Heckler. Oh, my God. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Heckler's so cool, man. We had, so the day after that
1: show where I opened up for him, um, I went to play a wedding in Vegas. Went to DJ a wedding in Vegas, and Heckler's from Vegas. Yep. So we went to, we were on the same flight. Out from Orlando to Vegas, and then our flight got delayed, so we just hung out in the airport for like two hours. He's such a nice dude. Yeah, yeah, he's such a homie. So yeah, he went. So he just went to play the show in uh, Germany. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. Boots House. Yeah,
0: it was uh, near Cologne, I think. Mm-hmm. Crazy man, I gotta get over there. Yeah, my uh, so my buddy's from Cologne. That's okay. why they they like they started talking and they're like, oh, let's go to Disney. <laughs> okay, gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah,
1: someday, man. Someday I would love to, I would love to tour, like, internationally.
0: I, I don't even know what I could do internationally. (laughs) The thing is, European ravers, they don't do this. So I was talking to one of my friends, he's from Germany, and he was looking at me after the festival, he goes, we don't have this. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, this whole thing, this, this. He's like, after seeing your meetup and seeing, like, I, yeah, American races are way different. You opened up my eyes to something that I've never experienced before. He's like, these races are so colorful. There's there's a sense of community and family here. We don't have that over there. In Germany, you do two things. You dress in black and get fucked up. Yeah. Um, if you build it they will come.
1: Like <laughs> you yeah, should start, yeah, you know, the European can like I mean, you know, try and bring it to them, man. People love camaraderie. People love people, you know. So yeah. I think that if it were introduced, they would love it. Should DMBs get yeah, on here? DMV's kind of terrible. I think so. I think starting
0: it in Europe, though, would be so much work. That. I didn't mean that. You gotta cut that. I said DMBs terrible. <laughs> you know about DMB though? It's like um, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, and anything that's like an acquired taste, I don't like. And it's hard. Cause, <laughs> like, you know what the thing is? You have to be eased into it, right? Yeah. So you have to get it. You have to get some sort of like DMB mix. So, like, country, for instance, I used to hate country. And then Avicii started doing, like, country EDM, and I was like, you know what? I might give country a chance. <laughs> hey, brother.
1: Hey, brother. Yeah, no, for, no, I get that. Yeah. No, you know, and there's DNB. Like, I see the the British, like, UKG pages or whatever there. It's just, like, uh, the guy's, like, chopping the, like, dirty yeah. DNB people, like, it's almost like dub culture in DNB. Yeah. So. I like I respect what they're doing I'm sure I'll come around eventually I'm just an old game. yeah I'm the same I'm, way I'm a 25
0: plus raver it's gonna take me a while to come I, around to DMV I can't handle I can't handle more than one set man yeah after that I'm like I'm done dude I think it was at East Orlando Nights. I so like I heard a DMB set and I was like dude I'm so done uh
1: FK last year it was just like they had DMV in the warehouse and um my girlfriend and her sister went and we were in there for a couple hours and like there were there was a good set I was like, all right, yeah. this is enough
0: for me. Yeah, and but it, like I feel like the same way with like and no House and you know, certain like genres where it's like, dude, you could really like mess up my day. <laughs> like,
1: bro, there was a there was a house show as Celine, I'm not gonna name the artist, yeah, but maybe. a tech a tech house show within the last three months that was, like, the most packed-out show that I've ever seen and, like, probably the most boring music I've ever heard. And I just sat there with, like, my mouth open, like, aghast. I couldn't believe it, what I was seeing. I mean, everybody was, like, dressed in black and looking sexy. <laughs> and, like, bottle service. I'm just like, what
0: am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like, why do <laughs> You know, some people just love background noise.
1: Yeah. Right? They're there
0: for the, for the people, the environment, like, you know, and they just want to have, like, a chill day. Right? And people pay good money, bottle service, to just have good background music that doesn't interrupt the conversation. Yeah. That just can't be me. <laughs> people with money,
1: man. They love to talk. Oh, however percent I mean, I love to hear myself talk too, but I like music more.
0: Yeah. I like music more. Um, one last thing before uh, we, we end the podcast. Um, I'm curious as to uh, if or because of like where you're at now and where you started, if you had learned something previously, would it have made you, I guess, uh, what is the, progress faster? Is there something that you would have learned earlier? Would you have progressed faster than you
1: already did? So I wish I would have started on Ableton just because I started on Logic mm-hmm. because it was free, but... There's so many more resources for EDM producers on Ableton because so many EDM producers use Ableton. Aside from that, like, don't spend your money on shit you don't need. Mm -hmm. This is what you need. Like I told you earlier, the cheapest possible mixer, a laptop, and either Ableton or FL Studio. Mm -hmm. That is it. You don't need anything else. If you really, really want to ball out, you can get one of those little MIDI keyboards. Yeah. You don't need any plugins. Like pay the, the nine dollars a month for splice so you can get some samples. But like man, I you know I started off ripping just like you talked about your microphones, I bought ozone and serum and all mm-hmm. these plugins and like I didn't know how to use. And now that I do know how to use them, the better I get, the more I find myself using the stuff that comes with it, like the stock plugins. You know, so just like learn to use what you have and same deal goes with like synths and like mm-hmm. physical instruments like master what you have and then progress. Like don't move along to the
0: next thing until you've mastered what you have. I think also uh, to just add on to that is uh, ask your friends that are in the same field as you for advice. Yeah. If someone had told me <clears throat> like, oh, what my friends you use for your podcast. I would tell them, oh, I use, like, the Rode Podcaster microphones. And then I'd be like, they're really good or they're really bad. Don't buy this shit, you know? So, like, I'm very honest about the shit that I use. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, I wish I got something better. I wish I did this, right? But, like, if I'm being very honest about the, the way I do things, and, like, I, I like certain things. And I that's why, the, like, the microphones on the corner over there, like, I asked Emma Capotes. I was like, wow, like, your reels are coming out fucking clean. What microphone is it? you know so that's who I got those from Yeah, and like these would be great for festival interviews like at, at the festival
1: yeah it's
0: very similarly reaching the quickest
1: way to get good at anything in life is to talk to someone who's really good at it mm. take lessons from someone who's really yeah. good at it you know there's like like even Tiger Woods had a swing coach mm. in golf you know what I mean like everyone can benefit from a lesson um, so I don't think the value of like a mentor or someone taking lessons from you know yeah. can be understated but like let's say there's an artist where you really like their sound. I mean, as long as long as it's somebody who's, like, you know, under 10K on Instagram, like, a smaller artist that you connect with where you like their sound. If you just message that person you're like, hey, man, I really like your stuff. Like, I'm not about it. I just want to connect with you. And like, can you, like, teach me anything about your sound design or, like, you know, how you're creating this sound in this song? Like, not all the time, but most yeah. of the times people will be open to help you. Like, people are generally helpful and good, mm-hmm. I like to think, anyways, so...
0: Yeah, like, don't be scared to ask for help. All right, um, we're going to end the podcast here. What I would like to know is, for the viewers, where could they find you?
1: Absolutely, guys. So, um, across all social medias, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, um, YouTube, at November Music, and that is N-O-V-E-M-B-R, no second E. Um, Playing back-to-back with my man 4D tomorrow. Um, direct support, or not direct support, but supporting Boogie T at the official FKA pre-party, uh, which yep. is an
0: insomniac event. So it's yep. the biggest show in my life so far. Couldn't be good. more excited. It's gonna be good. I'm really proud of you, man. That's, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to get this in today so that we could, you know, pull this out and, you know, we could talk, you know, people would be like, oh, wow, I was at the show. I was at that show, you know? So, um, I thought this would be really good and, I, and I'm really proud of you, man. Like th- This is a big show. so
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I, I appreciate it and I appreciate you you know, taking the time and making time after your busy work day to not cancel for me. So <laughs> no, you're good, but It's just, ah, oh,
0: man, since I'm just more tired than I care to be. <laughs> I hear you, man. I but uh, you. this is just for the viewers out there. Um, everything that he said will be in the description down below so if you want to go check him out, I'll also put in his like uh, his music links as well. Um, and then this this episode is going to be available on all major streaming platforms. You can look at the link tree. It's got everything on there. The video version will only be available on two sites, though. We only have it on Spotify and we have it on YouTube. Um, but this has been a great day. Uh, great conversations. Uh, I, I loved hearing about November and, like, <laughs> you know, I was giving a lot of really good advice for someone who's only been doing music for so long. And I think it comes down to your marketing skills, honestly. <laughs> people yeah. people downplay marketing, but you, you got to have a good way of marketing yourself. No one's gonna fucking do it for you. Exactly, you know. the uh, Marketing is
1: communicating um, the product to a customer. Yep. So, you know, the product in this case is yourself and the customer, are the people you want to listen to your music. You can make the best music in the world, but if you're not marketing well,
0: nobody's gonna listen to it, so. You heard it here. And like I say at every episode, I will catch y'all at the next one, bye guys.